0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up Show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. Today is Thursday, January the 9th, 2020. On today's show, I sit down with former Gamecocks outfielder Evan Marzilli in a fantastic interview as we discuss his South Carolina career, winning back-to-back national titles in 2010 and 2011, his long illustrious minor league career as well, and his pursuit of Major League Baseball. Stories of Ray Tanner and much, much more. Before we get into everything, this is a podcast new to you by our friends over at Ag South Farm Credit. Guys, most lenders don't understand land financing. Ag South Farm Credit specializes in land financing and has been doing it for over 100 years. They make loans for small and large acreage, hunting property, timberland, farm and pasture land, even home mortgages and construction. They have a ton of great benefits, including long-term fixed rate financing for up to 20 years, down payments as low as 15%. They have competitive rates, and they pay an average of 25% of the interest back every year as what they call Patronage. They're a cooperative, so they share in their profits with their member borrowers. So, guys, for example, on a $300,000 loan at six and a half percent for 20 years, you would get back $2,770 each year. They have an experienced lending staff that knows land and knows how to finance. So, guys, whenever you're making a big time life decision, whether that's getting a car, getting a house, um, buying land, whatever that big life decision is, you always want to feel comfortable about it. You want to have the people in your corner that are going to make you feel good about the decision, going to make it as stress-free as possible, because we all know when there's something like this that comes up, it can be very stressful at times. Ag South Farm Credit is that lender. If you're looking to buy land, if you're looking to build a home in 2020, they're the lender. They're the people that you want in your corner that, again, are going to make this decision super, super simple, super easy for you, and make sure it is stress-free along the process. One of the questions they most often get are why are land loan rates higher than mortgages? Uh, so rates will be higher on land loans because they have higher risk than home mortgages. So variables like land quality, accessibility, location, if it has amenities or not, that can make the land more or less risky to lend on. Also, obviously, the, buying it, the better your financial situation, the better your rate will be. So for more information on their land loans, give them a call, 844-AG-SOUTH. Or visit their website, agsouthfc.com slash T-S-U-S. That's A-G-S-O-U-T-H-F-C dot com slash T-S-U-S. AgSouth and eco Housing Lender, NMLS six one nine seven eight eight. So again, their website, agsouthfc.com slash T-S-U-S. Or give them a call, 844-AG-South, and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. All right, let's get into it. on the Spurs Up show. is a man that played for Gamecocks baseball from 2010 to 2012. During his career, he hit 302, eight home runs, 75 RBIs, and 27 stolen bases. He's a two-time national champion in both 2010 and 2011. He was named the College World Series All-Tournament team in 2010 and 2012. Also in 2012, was taken in the eighth round of the MLB draft by the Arizona Diamondbacks. A guy who is a proven winner, has so many accolades, there's too many to list off. I'm very pleased to be joined by former Gamecocks outfielder Evan Marzilli. Evan, appreciate you taking the time, man. It's a pleasure to have you on.
2: Yeah, thanks, Chris. I really appreciate it.
1: Perfect. So, Evan, going back, obviously, we know baseball recruiting starts really, really early in the process, right? Like freshman, sophomore year of high school, you're already starting to get letters, you're going to camp, stuff like that. You being a guy, and you were such an integral piece of those national championship teams, being a guy from Rhode Island, talked about from the Northeast, how did South Carolina come about? How did Ray Tanner get in contact with you? Where did they see you? Just what were the list of schools like? What was the recruiting process? And what eventually made you choose South Carolina?
2: Yeah, so it was probably a little different for me. Um, Mostly in the beginning, I was talking to Northeastern schools uh, for the most part. Uh, A few Ivy League schools, Boston College, UConn, um, but I knew I really wanted to go down south, uh, just kind of change the scenery and get into a big-time conference. So I actually played um, my junior summer. I played for the uh, Diamond Devils with John Rhodes down there in Charleston. Um, I played with Chris Owings, Bryson Selleck, a few guys on the team, actually, uh, Colby Holmes. uh, We all played together. I played there all summer. Uh, we, We get done with high school. <clears throat> a little later than the south so I, I basically went down there for like a month um and then yeah chad kind of when chad got the job at south carolina i was one of his first recruits uh he got in touch with me towards the later part of my junior summer um yeah i mean i i just couldn't say no and I, I knew uh, if i was gonna take my chances anywhere i'd go big or go home
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you, you probably played when you're playing with the diamond devils i'm very familiar with them you probably played at sarge fry right when you were doing the uh the, uh, games with them. I'm sure the, uh, the allure of playing in that new stadium had to be a big selling point for those guys.
2: Oh yeah, it was, uh, well, yeah, definitely. But I think, uh, more so towards me for me, it was just, I mean, I couldn't believe the campus and everything. I mean, Sarge to me was like, (laughs) I mean, being from the Northeast, Boston college has a decent field, but I mean, I mean, we're talking about Sarge Fry compared to some of the Northeastern schools. It was kind of, I was already blown away, but yeah, I played at the Sarge, uh, incredible, but they were just building it when I got, when I committed, they were just building the new stadium, so we got to take a tour through that, yeah, it was kind of a no-brainer once I saw that.
1: <laughs> I- I'm sure weather had to play a big factor, too, because like you said, you guys starting later, ending later, I, I know the uh, the weather in Columbia, although it can get scorching hot, is I mean, it's really perfect during baseball season.
2: Uh, It's, yeah, it's incredible. And I was actually surprised at how cold it got, to be honest with you. Anyways, uh, we got Mm. snow a few times in college and I like it a lot better in the South because you get about six (laughs) days off from school with three inches of snow. So (laughs) a little little better than the Northeast.
1: For sure. So obviously you played for a legend, Ray Tanner. You talked about Chad Holbrook as well when he came on staff from North Carolina, but just talk about your first impressions or first uh, interactions with Ray Tanner.
2: Oh, yeah, uh <laughs> well, me and Ray have yeah we we've had some awesome moments of our career i mean I, I can't the guy pushed me in ways that I didn't know I could be pushed, that's for sure um he it felt like you know being from the northeast, um, it felt like you know maybe he would give me he would jab you know kind of jab at me a little more <laughs> a little uh with some you uh, know some pretty funny jokes here and there, but uh, yeah, no, we had an awesome relationship, he you know one of my first interactions, you know, was kind of just on my official visit and you could just tell from the beginning, he was just about winning. And that's, and honestly, that's, that's who I am too. I just about winning. And, you know, as much as I want to do well myself, I just want to win. And I've always been a winner and that's just been my, my theme throughout my whole career. I've just always wanted to win. And I mean, he, that's what I saw when I saw him. And I mean, I, I knew we could bond over that. That's for sure.
1: For sure. So I want to talk about your freshman year, Evan. Because like I said, you get on campus. 2010 is your first season. You really bust on the scene. You play in 63 games, hit 385, three homers, 12 RBIs. What do you attribute to such a smooth transition from high school baseball to college baseball? Not just playing in college, but playing in the SEC as well. I mean, you're facing top-notch arms every single weekend. But again, you know, you're able to handle it as a true freshman. You're named to the World Series uh, All-Tournament Team. I mean, again, what do you attribute that that smooth transition to?
2: Yeah, I, I, what's pretty crazy is it really was not a smooth transition. I had an awful fall um, my freshman year. Like, I don't know if it was, um, you know, just an uptick in competition or whatever it was, uh, mechanical problems, whatever was going on. But I had a pretty awful fall. And uh, it took a lot to turn it around, to be honest, um, a lot mentally um, confidence in myself as a player, but I mean, I did not start right away. I was, uh, you know, I mean, you saw that, that team. I mean, we had Jackie in center, Witt in right, Adam Matthews in left. I mean, we got three guys hitting over 330 in the outfield. I mean, it was, it was tough to break in. And I knew, I knew, I, you know, you have to earn that stuff, especially with Ray. He doesn't play true freshman a lot. Um, I had to earn it. And uh, I, I just, you know, trusted in myself and Going out there and playing as hard as I could. And I know my defense could get me some time and I figured the hitting thing out. And, uh, yeah, it, it was, it was not smooth as a transition, but it was pretty incredible to see what I came from from the beginning of my freshman fall to the end of that freshman year. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't, I guess the thing I could attribute to it would just be, I mean, all my teammates around me is just they always have confidence in everybody. There was never a, Oh man, this guy stinks. It was no um, man. You're going to help us today, no matter what it is. Even if it's just laying down a bunt in the eighth inning, like you're gonna, you're gonna do something today, and, and we're going to be pumped about it. So, I mean, I, I would attribute it more to my teammates and, uh, you know, making that transition a little smoother than uh, than it probably could have been. That's for sure.
1: For sure. So that 2010 season, Evan. Obviously, you you guys win the national championship, do something that's never been done at South Carolina. I, I want to ask you though, and you mentioned. You know, when you met Ray Tanner in South Carolina baseball, even before then, had an extremely proud tradition, you know, of winning, of excellence. But when did you know in that 2010 season that, like, did it ever click for you that you looked around and you're like, we may really have, like, a realistic shot at winning the whole thing?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I'll never forget the actual moment that I thought, like, wow. It was uh, – I think we had just swept Arkansas, at Arkansas. And I, I believe they were, like, number two or three in the country – they had an amazing team. Um, I just remember walking out and getting on that plane and being like, holy crap, man. Like, because the beginning of the season didn't start off so so smooth. We kind of started off with a little, you know, hiccup there against Clemson and East Carolina. And then, I mean, we hit Arkansas and swept them. And I was just like, wow, we, we are legit. And we've come a long way. And we're not going back. Like, you could just tell throughout the season, it was just like weekend after weekend we gave more and more confidence and then it was just like, Wow, this whatever happened at the beginning of the season, that, that don't matter anymore. And mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna do something special. I, I had no clue it was gonna be winning the College Road series, but I thought, man, I was like at least we'll just get the playoffs and hopefully get out of the regionals.
1: <laughs> no doubt. I, I wanna say that twenty ten season again, you guys finish up twenty one and nine in conference, battle with Florida all year long, Vanderbilt all year long. Um, Like you mentioned, that Arkansas team actually finished 13th in the country. So they were pretty good themselves, finished 18 and 12 in the conference. But you guys obviously sweep through the regional round. You sweep through the Super Regionals in what was a really, really interesting Super Regionals in Myrtle Beach against Coastal Carolina. I guess I'll ask you because I've had your buddies Christian Walker, Adrian Morales, Scott Wingo, a couple of those guys on. And I always find it interesting. They say that they say Coastal was probably the best team that you guys faced throughout the entire postseason in 2010. Would you agree? Where would you rank them at?
2: Oh yeah, man! Those were the two most stressful games of my life, <laughs> <laughs> hands down. Both one win uh, games, Yeah, dude. yeah. It was <laughs> just—it was back and forth. It was honestly incredible. It was so hot, too. Oh my gosh! But yeah, th- it was. I would say, as a team, I've never seen like a team who respond the way they did. It was just like you couldn't let your foot off a gas pedal for a second with those guys, and you just had no clue what was going to happen. And it was basically like a home game for both of us. It was just, like I said, I've I've never experienced two more stressful games in my life. When we went to the College World Series, it was like having fun. (laughs) Because after that, I was like, I don't even, I don't know how it would get any more stressful than that.
1: That dog pile in Myrtle Beach. Just talk about the emotions. Again, you talk about your kid from a small town in Rhode Island coming down south to South Carolina. Um, You know, you knew you were on the cusp of something special, but you never know, obviously in baseball, but... The final out's recorded. You're going to Omaha. I mean, describe the rush of the emotion there.
2: Oh, man. I'd be like uh, just blacking out, I guess, would be the uh, <laughs> the, the most accurate term. Uh, I mean, I just remember you just screaming and waving your arms around aimlessly. <laughs> I wouldn't know how else to describe that type of joy. Um, I mean, you're just hugging. And it, it was just one of those things that you – I watched the College World Series my whole life, and now I was going there. I couldn't believe it. I'll never forget, like rolling up on the bus to Omaha, sitting next to Christian, and I'm like, I'm like, is this real right now?" I was like, "I've seen this my whole life, and now we're here." And I just, it's just like a, just like one of those moments that you know you never, never even dreamed of because you know you look on TV and see how hard it is to get there, and we were living, we were living it. <laughs> that was the cool part.
1: So, Evan, I want to talk to you about, obviously, the Carolina-Clemson baseball rivalry, because that year, specifically, it's well noted. You guys go to Omaha, you lose the first game to Oklahoma, and you guys show a lot of resiliency as well. Bounce back, beat Arizona State, come back to beat Oklahoma in extra innings, and it was a crazy, crazy game. And then Clemson comes around. You got to beat them twice. You guys do so. You being a guy from Rhode Island, again, maybe the rivalry didn't click as soon as for some other guys, maybe that were in-state or whatever, but just talk about the crown of Clemson baseball rivalry and like how soon did you realize just how big of a series, how big of a game that is?
2: Oh man. First, first series we played them. I, that's when I, that's when it really hit me when we were at the Greenville drive stadium. And I was just like, I was like, are you serious right now? Like I I can't, I can't even describe that rivalry to some of my friends who played at other colleges. I I just honestly don't believe it's the same. Um, and then to face them in Omaha at the end of the year, I mean, it was just like, it, it's cool facing them in Omaha because uh, it is a little different as as opposed to being in South Carolina because those crowds just get rowdy in South Carolina. But um, yeah, I mean, I can't even describe the rivalry, man. It, it, you're talking about the whole fat heating thing and all, all that <laughs> type of stuff. It's, I mean, it, it, it just doesn't end with these guys and, I met some of them when I was done playing, and they're awesome dudes and everything. But man, in college we hated them. <laughs> there was no, there was no, uh, there was no doubt about that.
1: For sure. So again, obviously, you guys take on UCLA uh, in the, uh, the the title series, if you will. Win that first game seven one. Blake Cooper throws an absolute gem. That second game, one for the ages. Back and forth. The last game, by the way, at Rosenblatt. Um, again, back and forth. Whit Merrifield gets the walk-off hit. I mean, just talk about again. You, you go into that game knowing, hey, if we win tonight, we're going to win the whole thing. Um, but the, again, the emotions in that game, you know, you hear the ping of the bat, Whit Merrifield hits it to right field. I mean, what, what's I, – I have to imagine, again, like you talked about the blackout feeling in Myrtle Beach, it had to be like times 100 when that happened.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wish I could capture that type of emotion and like translate it into my 40-yard dash because I'd probably run a sub four. <laughs> I, mean, I don't think I've ever ran that fast in my life. Just was trying to tackle Wit in the outfield. Um, it was, it was incredible. I mean, it was just, again, like surreal. It, you don't realize it because you're in it and you're so focused on what you're doing. Uh, but there's times. Yeah. I mean, that was it. Like once we won it, I was just like, I think I had goosebumps for like legitimately two hours. Um, it's just everything about that moment, the streamers coming down and, uh, dog piling. I remember chasing Wit down. I was like, "You better get here." <laughs> I was, I was getting on him and uh, trying to tackle him. It, it was, uh, like I said, it was incredible. Uh, it's, it's tough to put that feeling into words. That's for sure.
1: For sure. So again, 2011. You guys go back to back. Um, you know, looking at the 2011 season. You know, I had Adrian Morales on the show, and he described 2011 as a little more business-like versus 2010, where it's doing something you've never done before. Just talk about, again, going back there and winning it again. I mean, was it the same feeling? Did it feel as good, better? Because, like, again, I feel like coming into 2011, I know you guys have one goal, and that's to get to Omaha win the whole thing. We want to close down Rosenblatt, open up TD Ameritrade. That is the number one goal you have. But, again, to go through the grind of an entire season and get back there, I can't imagine You know that feeling ever gets old. But, like, what was the differences for you from the 2011 to 2010 season and just how it felt to do it again?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure, it was uh, different. I can't say one was better than the other, but it was just way different. Yeah, the expectations were – I mean, I don't even know if we – I would say the expectations were higher. Like, it didn't feel like we were were expected to go back and win it again. But, like, ourselves as a team, I've never been on a team that was more, you know – like Adrian said, it's pretty right as far as like you know, it was business, man. We, we I've never been on a team that's dominated like that. That was incredible. I don't, I don't even. I think we lost one series that year, one one weekend series, and it was. I mean, everywhere we went, it was just like I, we felt. We felt like we were national champions. I can tell you that much. <laughs> and I know, I know, we talked like we were too. Uh, it was. It was. Uh, yeah, it was different. It was more like we expected to go back and we expected to win it because we had done it. And it wasn't – I mean, it's a big deal, but once you've done it one time, you, you realize that, okay, that stuff you put on a pedestal, pedestal is achievable again. And uh, we fully expected to go back and do, some, do something great, um, and we did. I think, I think that half of that was the attitude for sure.
1: Have you ever played in a crazier baseball game than game one against Florida in 2011?
2: Oh, absolutely not. That was, that was incredible. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I remember in right seeing Jake Williams throw that guy out at home. I, I mean, I could see the entire throw in the air. I, I'll, I'll just never forget. It. I felt like that thing was in the air for 15 minutes. And then he threw him out. And I mean, I know the camera wasn't focused on me. And I'm glad it wasn't because I probably looked like an idiot jumping up and down behind <laughs> behind first base. But, I, I I mean, getting back into the dugout, guys just screaming out of pure emotion. It, it was I, – I, I mean, Wingo – Oh my gosh, Mooney! I was, I can't even describe it. That was uh, that was some next level. It felt it felt like we're like God was intervening <laughs> on some of those plays. That's for sure. It certainly felt like that. I was just uh, I was blown away and shocked.
1: Yeah, it, it's crazy, Evan. When you take a look at your career again, you win two national titles. You go to a third, which is kind of funny. I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like a lot of times or a lot of people forget about the 2012 team because you guys didn't win at all in a year that you know, for any other school, that's, I mean, a fantastic year. There's some teams that have never even been to that point. But because you guys had won it back to back, you get to the final, lose to Arizona, that 2012 team, for whatever reason, just never gets talked about, which I think is crazy. But I mean, you look back at your career. I mean, again, you can't be disappointed. You win two of them, you go to a third. Like, I mean, heck, is, I think it's both you and Chris Morgan. I think I asked Christian the same thing. Like, is there is there any college baseball player that's ever had a better career than you guys? I mean, you go to three national titles and win two of them. That's that's pretty much how you draw it up. I feel
2: like. Yeah, man, we we uh we I hear it all the time from my buddies that I played pro ball with. Um, I guess you, I, I mean, in college it felt so normal. Um, it felt like that was going to happen every year because it did. But now, when you talk to like some of your buddies and you get to pro ball and none of them have even been to a regional, it really makes you feel fortunate for the experiences that. You know, I got to experience, I mean, three times. I mean, you're right. People definitely don't talk about 2012 as much. And 2012 was a special year because we had some young guys that really hadn't experienced anything yet. And they still got to, got to go to the College World Series and strapped it on. And yeah, you know, definitely due to some of the guys that were there previously, you know, holding everybody accountable, but yeah, I mean, I, I I think about that all the time, um, and I hear it from my buddies all the time as well, just like how lucky I really am. And, I mean, we we were great. We earned it. But, yeah, sometimes you just got to be fortunate. I mean, you just got to feel how fortunate you are, you know? For sure. I,
1: I want to ask you, how how much easier did it make it to face SEC pitching, you know, the pitching you got to in the postseason, when and every day in practice you're facing guys like Michael Roth, Blake Cooper, Sam Dyson – uh, Matt Price. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Like, how much easier did that make it for you guys? Because I feel like the best arms you were ever going to see, you saw them in your own practices. I mean, you know, so it's nothing foreign for you guys.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, when you, I, I still think the greatest accomplishment that we had was winning 22 straight postseason performances. And mm-hmm. I think about this all the time, but you look through the arms that we had to face. Garrett Cole – Oh my gosh, it, just to start, I mean, you're just, you're just running through first rounders, Drew Pomerantz. I mean, you're just looking through all these first rounders, big league guys that are still in the show doing their thing. Um, yeah, it wouldn't have been possible without, you know, the guys we had even thrown to us. And like I said, we were, a whole, we were a full team. I mean, we we would talk to pitchers. So oh, how are you going to throw this? How are you going to throw that? We, we were all in it together. So even the knowledge that these guys would share with us was uh, – pretty awesome and I mean obviously it helps but yeah I mean when you got Sam Dyson and Roth and Matt Price throwing you in the fall and spring scrimmages getting you ready for the season I mean yeah it, I don't know how it could get much better than that in college that's for sure yeah I want to
1: say Evan one thing I remember about your game specifically when you were in college obviously a speed guy on the bases but you were a really really good situational hitter I, I think it was in the college world series a couple of times you had a couple of hit and runs and I mean you literally just could not have drawn them up any better. I mean, was that something, you know, how much work into that part of your game did you put in? Because obviously as you go through rounds in the cage, you know, you do a situational round and home run round and whatever, free swing, stuff like that. But like, how much, like, was that something that you just sort of embraced being that guy, like being a really, really good situational hitter?
2: Uh, Yeah. I think it also probably caused me to focus a little more too. Um, You know, I, I think, it was one of those things I always performed better in the post season and maybe it was because I don't know, maybe I wasn't so worried about getting drafted or anything like that. I knew it was just about, you know, winning and getting the team. I mean, not that I, I guess, I don't know. I guess I wasn't too worried about that stuff in the season, but in the post season it was straight up about winning and, you know, situational hitting, things like that caused you to focus a little more. And, uh, I mean, it was just one of those things. Every year, I I perform more in the postseason and situational hitting. I've always kind of been good at it, whether it be a focus thing or, you know, maybe it's just yeah. I mean, I do definitely do work at it, but um, yeah, I, I think it might just be that level of focus need to be. It requires a little more, and uh, yeah, it seemed it seemed that like there were every situation I needed to get something done, but like I did for the most part. <laughs> i play situations where I didn't. I can promise you that. <laughs>
1: no doubt. So 2012 obviously you get taken 8th round of the MLB draft. Um two questions. One, I mean just describe the feeling of I, obviously that's the goal since you're a child you know, a kid is to get drafted and play professional baseball. So describe the feeling of that. But also was there ever any consideration to come back to USC for your senior year and go for another one again? I know the 8th round is it's pretty hard to turn down obviously, but uh was there ever any consideration to come back in 2013?
2: Uh yeah, definitely. Um the t- the toughest thing was that was the first year of the new draft. Mm-hmm. So wh- the, where you got picked, you were slotted a certain amount of money. So, the, you know, getting picked higher the next year as a senior, it was, you know, it would have been tough to make that much money again. Um, so it was, it was one of those situations where it was, you know, it, it kind of felt like the right thing to do um, at the time. But, yeah, there was definitely considerations about going back. Um if the money wasn't there. I mean, it's just one of those things where, you know, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, I had to leave. But I believe it was the right decision at the time, and I have no regrets about that, that's for sure.
1: So, Evan, you've had a really long minor league career. And I forgot I asked you off the air before the show if you're still playing. Cause I know you said you're still training and stuff like that. I mean, you played as recently as last season. But bounced around a lot. I mean, you've been literally to – every every level from rookie ball to triple a i mean you you have been up and down as much as anyone that i've ever seen but a really successful career but just kind of talk about as a whole you know life in the minors how it differs from college and just kind of what the uh day in day out life is like for a minor league baseball player
2: yeah it's probably way different than most people think um yeah, my career's been crazy. I feel like I've been kind of sitting double A, triple A since oh gosh, 2014, which is a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's tough, man. It's uh, it, it's been an interesting career for me for sure. I, I am still playing uh, right now, still trying to get on a team. I'm a free agent right now, but yeah, it's it's one of those things, man, where baseball is definitely different in the pro level as far as when you get to Double AA, A, Triple A, the ins and outs of the game are much more prevalent. Um, you learn way more because you have to. Um, the, the pitchers and everybody are way better. The hitting—it's especially now with all the data that we get—it's um, pretty insane. Uh, what, the lifestyle—I mean, I've been to so many cities. I mean, it, it's been—it's been awesome. I'm going to be honest. Like, I, I think some people. We'll talk crap on it, um, saying how hard it is, how brutal it is, sleeping on an air mattress for seven months. But if you can get over that, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's that bad. Um, I, th- I think it's I think it's a very fortunate opportunity. You can only do this for so long. And I've seen places all around the country now that I never would have seen without it. I've met people because of that. I've met my, my wife because I played in Reno. <laughs> so I got to meet her there. I mean, I, I'm, I'm thankful for every single part of it, whether – but it's, as, it's definitely not as glorious as people think. I mean, crap, I sleep. Like I said, I'll sleep on air mattresses for <laughs> coming up like seven months going here and there. But uh, I, I got to be honest, man. I, I love it. I love playing. Um, I love the people I've met. And you, you truly find out if you love baseball in the minor leagues. It's not a... Uh, it's, it's it's not, you know, in college, you have all the cameras and the nice fields and the big stadiums, huge crowds. It's not like that. It's uh, you're in it because because you love the game. And when you see those guys in the big leagues, they're there because they love it. They're not just there because, you know, for, you know, for the money, for all that stuff. They're there because they love it. You couldn't get to that point without being that way. That's for sure.
1: No doubt. You talked about it already, Evan. I mean, you're a guy that's bounced around from AA, AAA, you know, and for people that don't realize, that's one, literally one level away from the professional ranks. I mean, how close what, – what are the biggest things, I'll say, you're working on right now in your game to get to that level? And, I mean, how close do you feel like you are? Because, again, you've been extremely close to to getting that call-up.
2: Yeah, again, it's it's been crazy. Uh, I've been to, like, three different – big league camps now. Um so I mean I've I've been on the edge and who knows what kind of conversations I've been in when uh people get injured, but I guess the biggest thing that's always come down to me is uh consistency hitting wise and that's kind of what I've been working on um this year especially this off season. I, I obviously I do every off season, but I kind of went went and saw some guys this year um and try to figure some stuff out on a uh you know, on a, on a deeper level and kind of really figure out what the problem was. Um, it's, it's one of those things where hitting stuff, man. And if you don't have the right mechanics in the upper levels, it's, it's very, very hard to compete at a high level and especially enough to get to the big leagues. Um, right. So you got to figure that out at some point. Um, some guys have it. Some guys got to figure it out. And, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things where I'm figuring it out. And uh, I, 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 believe in myself as a player and in my defense especially and that you know when I do figure this out that it will I'll I'll be up there and I'll be I'll be a force you know and that's uh that's all you can do is just keep believing in yourself the second you don't I would suggest getting out because (laughs) it's a a tough uh, it's a tough road if you don't believe in yourself that's for sure
1: no doubt. So obviously a bunch of your teammates or a couple of your teammates are at the pro le- at the MLB level, um, having a ton of success. I mean, you look at what Jackie's doing, you look at Christian Walker, you look at Whit Merrifield leaving the, leading the MLB in hits. I mean, and then a ton of others, obviously, in the, you know, the minor league ranks along with you. But how, how often do you keep in touch with those guys? And I guess just how cool is it to see, you know, guys that you were literally teammates with on those teams having so much success at the MLB level?
2: Oh, it's incredible. I mean, Chris, Christian's like still my best friend. I mean, we, we I'm talking about that dude like twice a week. Um, but I mean, it's it's amazing, especially Christian. To be honest, like he, that guy, he had to figure some stuff out. I mean, that just shows how competitive it is because he was one of the best hitters I've ever played with, and he, he had to get better. Like he had to get better to be where he is now, and like that that guy never gave up. And he had every excuse to kind of like, oh, uh, you know, feel sorry for himself. He never did. Um, I mean, you look at guys like Witt too. Witt had to sit around in AAA for a little bit and mm-hmm. wait for his shot, but man, he was ready when he got it. And Jackie, I mean, just a superstar. It's it's the it's really cool to see these guys because you know during the time at college, you know, I I don't know if we were we were necessarily known as the best South Carolina team. It felt like uh, people always thought some prior teams were, were better than us, but somehow we just had like this magic. But I, I, I had a feeling when I was playing there, I was like, you know, we got some guys on this team that are incredibly talented, especially like defensive wise that, mm. you know, I, I thought that was the ma- one of the main reasons we won it. And, you know, I just, to, I'm not, I'm not really surprised to be honest, to see all these guys have such success. They, they're so incredibly talented and I mean, just the attitudes they bring. I mean, I, I learned so much from these guys playing with them in college. And, you know, obviously I hope they learned a a bunch from me too, but like, it's so cool to play with those guys and learn so much like on a day-to-day basis, like me and Jackie shagging in the outfield together. Like even if we never talked that much, it was so cool to see some of the stuff he did because you bet, you bet your butt that I took some of that with me when, when he left. So it was just a really cool thing. And, uh, Man, we, we, we had so many incredible players and mindsets on that team. I'm, I'm thankful for playing with all those guys, and I, I wish them the best because they're just incredible people on top of it.
1: Absolutely. So, Evan, switching gears a little bit, uh, really switching gears, you're a guy that you don't just have talent on the baseball field. You're also musically inclined. I don't know if you're still playing, but I remember specifically in your college <laughs> career, you playing the national anthem on the electric guitar. That was like a big thing. Oh, man. Um I guess just talk about sort of where that came from, I mean again, it, you being musically inclined, I mean, not everybody has that skill, and you certainly do, but uh just kind of talk about that where it came from and I guess how cool was it to play the national anthem at Founders Park
2: Oh yeah it was uh, <laughs> I'm kind of a weird dude when it comes to stuff like that um i i've I've always played instruments my whole life i I was in band in high school, I played oboe and clarinet. Uh picked up guitar in high school. I, I was in a band with some guys too. Um, <laughs> we were. I played some shows. Yeah, man. We were. It, it was pretty cool. We uh, some some of my buddies are like legitimate musicians in like Nashville and all in the northeast nice. and stuff. So I I learned a lot from them. But uh, yeah, incredible. That was hands down. Now I talked about coastal being the most nerve wracking game. <laughs> Playing the national anthem was the most nerve-wracking thing I've ever done in my life. No doubt about it. Like nothing, nothing even comes close to that. It is. Yeah, that was. I I still can't believe I did it. Honestly, I I can't believe I did it. If I'm really thinking about it and being honest with myself, I'm surprised I said yes. But I did. It made digging in think, the box. You can think Whit Merrifield did that? <laughs> yeah, dig, I
1: was gonna say digging in the box that night was a breeze compared to compared to having to play the national anthem.
2: Oh my gosh, man. I. I could play the national anthem. I was legitimately probably playing it like 50 times a day. I, I like I could play it. I could play it while I was having a conversation with you. That's how bad I didn't want to mess it up. And <laughs> I'll tell you one thing: the coolest part about it was the sound check we did on the stadium um, before. I, like playing, I was playing like Thunderstruck by ACDC on the speakers mm. with nobody in there, and that was like. <laughs> that was like worth the whole thing. I was like, even if I mess it up, this is the coolest thing because I've never played in like surround sound stadiums before. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm curious to ask you, Evan. You know, for a guy that has so many great memories, it's crazy. I was taking a look at your career before the show, and I was like, there are literally so many accolades for this dude. I I cannot list them all. I feel like, but. For somebody that has so many great memories, when you look back at your career at South Carolina, if you had to pick one memory that stands out that you still think about this day, that's the best memory while you were in Garnet and Black, what's that one memory for you?
2: Uh, You know, the thing that popped to my mind first, and I'll just say that one, the coolest thing I thought that happened to me, um, I mean, obviously there's a bunch of team stuff, but the thing that sticks out to me the most was my last at-bat at Carolina Stadium. It was, like, it it seemed like all the fans kind of knew that was my last one at the stadium. Um, Me and Christian both, we got, like, standing ovations. Uh, I was against Oklahoma in 2012. And it stands out to me because, like, I just can't believe, like, and I know it sounds cliche, but the fans, like, I I just, the support that we got and uh, for them to have enough wherewithal to, like, kind of know that that was it because of the draft and all that type of stuff. I know it seems selfish, but man, I I I was like that was the closest I ever came to like crying, while I was playing the game. I, I was just like, that was something next level that I never ever ever would have dreamed of as a high school player. And to end to end my last game there with like a standing O, oh man, I couldn't even. I was I was more nervous for that than my first at bat at the college world at the at the at Founders Party. That was my first like time in my life where I like. I almost like lost all my emotions and it was, it was really cool. Um, I just, I just felt for the first time, it kind of all hit me, like how grateful I really was for the opportunity to play there and have, uh, to have those type of fans, man. Of course I just popped up to center field like a, like an idiot, but I mean, it was, I took the hardest hack of my life, I think, but I was like, Oh yeah, I'm going deep right here. Yeah. And of course, no, probably slider. Um, but the, uh, yeah man it was that that's that's that was the first thing that popped to my head, so I'm just gonna go with that one but man i just I'm so grateful for that opportunity to play in front of those people and those coaches and just everything that had to happen for me to get to that point like it was just kind of like a oh my gosh like this is this is real life wow like people this is what it's like to experience something like that and man i'll never I'll never forget that and i I mean I just again when I think of that moment, I just think about like how grateful I am for the opportunity and everything that happened to me while I was at school.
1: That's awesome stuff. Well, Evan, I'm going to get you out of here. One last question though. I got to ask you this one. When you look back, your funniest Ray Tanner story or a Ray Tanner story that sticks out. I know he's a, uh, he can be a pretty comical guy, obviously as hard as he is on you guys sometimes, but uh, is there a Ray Tanner story that you can tell in the airwaves that just kind of sticks out to you?
2: Oh, you should ask me this in the beginning of the show. I'm the guy (laughs) to ask. Uh, uh, Man, funniest thing he's ever said to me. Uh, If he's listening to this, I'll probably love this. But uh, I I was – it was my freshman year. I had uh, gotten doubled off at second base. Double play. I got, like, got off a little too far. got doubled off. Well, (laughs) <laughs> the next day, he gives me the start against Tennessee. I was a pinch run the night before. I got doubled off. Pinch. I'm I'm starting the next day. Um, I'm in the outfield warming up. And I, I know everybody on the team will know this one. And, uh, you know, obviously Ray knows I'm from Rhode Island, obviously. Um, and he goes – he comes up to me while we're stretching. He goes, Marzilli, let me tell you something. You get picked off or doubled off one more time, you can walk right out that gate out in left field. Head up I-95 North, and we'll send you stuff to you. <laughs> and to this day, nobody w- does not know that story that has played with us. Um, but, yeah, the whole head up I-95 North, back to Rhode Island, <laughs> we'll send you stuff to you. That is for sure one of my favorite Ray Tanner moments. And, uh, yeah, it's safe to say I don't think I ever got doubled off again. But <laughs> that's, that, that's that's probably my favorite. Is it one of those
1: things where, in the moment, the entire team laughs, or you kind of have to keep it keep it together and then just laugh
2: about it later? Yeah, he kind of he kind of said it quietly. I think it just got around because I just had to tell people. I, I was right. like, "Man, that was the funniest thing I ever heard." I, I think I told Christian, and then oh, Holbrook just ran with it. Oh yeah, it, it, it was it was one of those things where you talk to anybody from the team, especially the coaching staff, they'll remember that that was uh, hilarious. Um, yeah. I, I, I have so many of him, man. We, we, uh, he's a hilarious guy. A lot of people, I wish he would have been mic'd up more. (laughs) You could have made a, we could have made a reality TV show out of that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's funny. I've had people on before that tell me he's like a guy that like he, they talk about the baseball gods. Like he, he is the baseball god. Like if he, if he wanted to rain out, it would rain. If he said it wasn't going to rain, it wouldn't even if he said it was a hundred percent chance. Like he he knew it was going to happen before it happened. I mean, you know, I, I, we've heard the story of, at Coastal about how he knew, you know, Jackie's going to hit a double. Chris is going to come up, hit a home run. I mean, it just, it's crazy. It seems like there's so many good stories out there about Ray Tanner. It's just wild.
2: Yeah, you almost get like, you almost like want him to be wrong one time. It's like, ha, I told you. <laughs> but it never, but it never happened. He <laughs> was just right all the time. After a while, you just, you just give up on waiting for that day. It just never happened. <laughs>
1: That's so awesome. Well, Evan, really do appreciate you taking the time. I mean, I know I I speak for all Gamecocks when we say it It was a pleasure to watch you, watch you guys do what you did, obviously on the diamond. And uh, obviously wish you wish you well with the rest of your career. I will be looking forward to it. I'll be following along. And uh, who knows? I mean, I I think uh, I think you deserve a shot at the MLB level. But uh, if nothing else, like I said, wish you well, wish you health and uh, looking forward to uh, getting you back on the show sometime, man.
2: Yeah, that sounds great, man. Thanks for having me.
1: All right, perfect. So for Evan Marzilli, I'm Chris Phillips. We appreciate you guys tuning in. And we'll catch you next time on an episode of The Spurs Up Show.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about.